Welcome to this podcast from The Well, a United Methodist Church in Rosemount, Minnesota. Thank you for taking the time to listen. For more information, please check us out at thewellmn.church. Grace and peace be with you. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning and welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Ed, and I'm pleased that you are joining us at The Well, whether in person or online. It is nice to have you with us, and I hope that you are fed by this service. I hope that your soul is nourished and that you come away refreshed and ready for a new week. A lot of good things are happening at the well this week. Our Wednesday night dinners, I tell you, if you haven't come yet, you're missing something. This is the place to be in Rosemount on a Wednesday night. Uh, We have pulled pork this week. Ooh, Steve Block's famous recipe. Once again, we have to get that in the the newsletter so that everybody can share it. (laughs) Macaroni and cheese, ice cream, and bars and cookies. I hope that you'll join us for that. And then afterwards, I'm so impressed by this congregation because we have something for everyone. We have children's activities. We have youth. We have an adult Bible study. that The one at 6 o'clock is not currently meeting. The chancel choir, uh, go back one time. Uh, Get It meets later in the evening as a Bible study. We also have pickleball, and we have, I said choir already, didn't I? So, okay, a lot of good things happening at the well. Also at that time, we have a group that, that meets called, What Does It Mean to Be Affirming? And an affirming congregation is a reconciling congregation that tries to welcome all people, regardless of their sexuality. Now, do we all agree on this issue? The answer is what? No. Oh, there we go. I knew we'd get there. <laughs> we are all welcome at this group. I've been several times. It's in a wonderful group. People come with different opinions. People come who don't always agree with one another and share their point of view, and guess what? They listen, everyone listens, and respects one another as they share. And it's building bridges. If you can listen to what your friend says and they can listen to what you say, you've built a relationship. So I'm really proud of this group, and I hope it continues to meet They're studying a book called Staying Awake by Tyler Sitt, uh, a pastor from the Twin Cities, an amazing young man who would be wondering, maybe we'll get him to preach here someday. That'd be fun. Okay. What else is happening? Oh, we have our all-congregational meeting. Um, I think it's called, what do Methodists call this? Charge conference? Church conference. Okay, there's, different, there's a difference, and I can't remember what it is. We have an all-congregational meeting, that's what Lutherans call it, on uh, Sunday, February 4th, after the second service. This is an important meeting. This is when we'll be voting on the 2024 budget. And if you saw the email that went out Friday, you know that our pledges, or our, our estimate of giving, is short of what we need. And this is a challenge. Guess what? Churches face this challenge all the time. This is not unusual. We have some ideas how to address this, and we'll be sharing them at the meeting. I'm optimistic it's going to be okay, but this is an important conversation, and I hope that you can all be there for that. What else do we have coming? Oh, Valentine's Day is coming. February 14th. It's just sneaking up on us, right? Guys, if you want a cheap date, Come to church, we'll do ashes, it'll be a party, it'll be, it'll be great on Valentine's Day. It's Ash Wednesday as well, the beginning of Lent, and I look forward to that uh, so much. 
Holy Week. Oh, we're not going to. It's. We'll skip that for now. It's coming. It's in March. A house united. Please rise as you are able for our call to worship. God of all creation makes us one in the flesh. Let us join hearts and voices in praise. In Jesus Christ, we are made one in the Spirit. Let us be united in truth through the same one Spirit. We practice our faith in many different ways, yet we confess one Lord, Jesus Christ. Yet our calling is one because Christ is undivided. Rejoice, people of God, the risen Christ is among us, calling us together as his people. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, now we're going to the first hymn, which is A House United. Two people challenged me this week. How can we sing A House United when we're not all on the same page about everything? Let's think about this for a minute. Can we all agree on the Viking Packer games. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're divided. Okay, we're, are we all going to vote for the same people in November? Okay, let's see what we can do here. <laughs> do we all believe in God the Father? Yes. The one who created heaven and earth? Yes. The one who created you and me? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Yes. The one who came to show us the way to teach us to love unconditionally? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? Yes. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit who comes to us, fills our hearts with faith and joy? Yes. Do you believe in the life everlasting and the resurrection of the dead? What's more important, the things that unite us or the things that divide us? It's what unites us. Amen. Do you believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? If so, say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. That's what unites us. That's why we're singing this hymn for a few weeks. Thank you. I have a new Bible it's not my favorite Bible by far. That's the one I've been carrying around for 40 years, but it's a little dated. This is the one that we've been reading from, the translation, the Common English Bible. And I just bought my first copy, so I'm proud to have it. I got it for Bible Sunday so I could share in the excitement. If you want to buy a Bible, now this may sound silly, we all, every, I'll bet every single household here has a Bible. If you find your Bible hard to understand, that's not your fault. Bibles are hard to understand. It makes it easier when you read the right translation. And it's different for different people. So if you really are serious and, and you want to work on this, of course you can get any Bible you want on Amazon or some, in a bookstore, I'll, I'll talk to you about what translation I think might be best for you, okay? Because that's an important decision. We're reading from the Common English Bible, which is the newest translation that the Methodist Church has endorsed. We are in Mark chapter 4. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. All right. What's the name of the lake? The Sea of Galilee. There we go. 
such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. So many people want to hear this man speak that he can't get far enough away to talk to all of them. They mob around him. So he gets in a boat and he goes out from shore a little ways and it creates this nice effect. What did that boat look like? Oh, this is going to go for you up, Brian. Can we go to... Oh, Laura. Thank you, Laura. There we go. Um, this is called the Jesus boat. Now, we don't know that Jesus was in this boat. But carbon dating puts this boat in, in, um, back to the very first century, 2,000 years old. It was found in the mud, buried at Capernaum, where Jesus lived. This could have been the boat. It was about like this. This is the kind of fishing boat they used. They reconstructed it. That's the next slide. And I am so frustrated. We can't put up any picture that's not public domain. I cannot, and there's really good pictures of this in the daylight, but I can't find one in the daylight's public domain. So I found one in the dark, and this is it. And this is what it looks like in the dark. But you get a feel for it. Can you imagine 13 people being in that boat? That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, they were all fishermen, so they were good at boats, but they were cramped in there when they traveled on those boats. Interesting thing to think about. So Jesus is in a boat preaching by the side of the lake. Laura, thank you for all you do. Now I'm going back to the text, so appreciate it. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed, and as he was scattering seed, some fell in the path. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted up immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds and they produced nothing. Other seed fell into good soil and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced in one case a yield of 30 to 1, and in another case a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case a yield of 100 to 1. Jesus said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. Let's stop there for a minute. How many grew up on a farm? Seed is cheap, right? No. No. <laughs> seed is expensive. I, I've never been a farmer, but I know this. Seed is a big part of your budget. That was true in the first century, too. What kind of farmer is going to take this precious seed and just toss it willy-nilly? No one. That's the thing with Jesus' parables. They're about something you understand. They're about something very common, but there's always a little twist to it that makes you pay attention. No farmer would do that. No shepherd would leave 99 sheep to go look for one. As soon as Jesus puts that little twist in it, it, he's got everybody's attention. What kind of farmer does this? When they were alone, the people around Jesus, along with the 12, asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of God's kingdom has been given to you 
But to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. This is so that they can look and see, but have no insight. And they can hear, but not understand. Otherwise, they might turn their lives around and be forgiven. Raise your hand if you're confused. (laughs) Jesus is tearing these parables so they won't understand. That just is contrary to everything I think I know about this. The parables are hard to understand, and it does require faith to unpack them at times, but I'm assuming that Jesus is telling these parables to create faith, to help us understand the kingdom, to turn and repent, and be the people God has called us to be. But Jesus is suggesting in this that not everybody's going to understand Some people won't get it, and these parables are as a riddle for them. You have to have faith to understand. This isn't exactly what I hoped for here. And it's not exactly the way Jesus preaches in the other Gospels, so this is kind of unique to Mark, I think. I have to go look that one up. But it's a bit of a puzzle, isn't it? Don't you understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The farmer scatters the word. Okay, so now Jesus is unpacking this a little bit. That expensive seed that the farmer was being so careless with is a metaphor, is a symbol of the word of God. When you share the word of God, should you be stingy? Should you be careful that it's only go to people who might appreciate it? No. When you share the word of God, you scatter it everywhere because that's what you've been called to do. We've been called to be faithful disciples. We've been called to be people of God who share the good news of one another, and we need to share it willy-nilly. It's not our responsibility for how people respond. I preach a sermon, I do my best. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it's not my responsibility for how people respond to it. (sighs) Gotta do a good job. Gotta make it the best you can. You gotta be good with that seed, but you gotta recognize it's not always gonna work. This is the meaning of the seed that fell in the path. When the word is scattered, people hear it right away. Satan comes and steals that word planted in them. All right, what's an allegory or a metaphor for the hard path in today's world? I don't know, maybe a closed mind. Somebody's already decided they're not going to believe these things. That's not going to take root there. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they only last for a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Well, this is a little easier to understand. Christians who've dedicated themselves to the Lord, who've committed their lives 
until it gets tough. Until they get sick, till somebody in their family gets sick, and then they say, why me, Lord? How could this happen? You know, you expect me to believe, and they lose faith. It happens all the time. And I don't judge people like that. The world is tough. The world can really make it hard. When people lose faith, I just say we got to plant the seed again. Just keep going back and as often as we can. Others are like the seeds scattered among the thorny plants. These are the ones who've heard the word, but the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. That's me. If I had to pick one of the soils, this is Ed. I'm in the thorns. I am so easily distracted from what is important. If it's on my phone, just wait a minute, I gotta do that first before I get to anything else. I think that's one of the biggest challenges facing us. I was gonna say younger people, but it's us. We're distracted. A lot of important things in front of us. Faith, justice, love. Every day I say to myself, what does the Lord require of me? Micah told me, do what is just, love what is kind, and be humble. I say it every day. I don't do it every day. I get so distracted by the busyness of my life and by things that aren't important that I neglect it. I'm in the bushes trying to get this seed to grow, and it's just surrounded by too much shade. I'll confess that. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit. In one case, a yield of 30 to 1, in another case, 60 to 1, and in another case, 100 to 1. I don't know anything about farming, as I've already made clear. But I listened to a podcast, and there have been studies in Israel of the plants that they grow there and the plants they think were grown there in the first century, and none of them yield 30 to 1 or 60 to 1 or 100 to 1. <laughs> they said a really good yield is about 10 to 1. That's a good yield. And Jesus is talking 30, 60, 100. So once again, he's put a little twist in this parable, and people are going, no way. <laughs> There's no way he got that kind of yield. So the question I could preach on all day is, which soil are you? Are you in the hard path? Are you in the thorns? Are you in the good soil? Are you the rocky soil sprouting up immediately? Fair weather Christian? When I do this with my confirmation students, I always ask them, okay, which, which soil are you? Oh, Pastor Ed, I'm the good soil. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you're the good soil that the word has landed in. And I'm glad to hear that your faith is producing a yield of 30, 60, or 100. What does that mean, Pastor Ed? <laughs> it means you're doing something amazing. You're helping other people. Brooklyn said, you're listening to other people. 
right? You're making a difference in the world. Groceries, visits, phone calls, cards, rides. You are the people of God sharing your faith. 30, 60, 100 fold. It's a beautiful thing. I think I have some paintings next. Thank you to Laura for trying to keep up with me. I don't tell her in advance what I'm doing, so. Who did that one? Vincent van Gogh. One of the most amazing artists in history. Who spent a lot of time in a ward for people who were mentally ill. Who in his lifetime sold one painting to his brother. He couldn't even give them away. People looked at those and go, that's not what the earth looks like. That's not what the sun looks like. That's not what... And they said, it's not realistic. But what we didn't see then, and what it takes a little bit of appreciation and imagination, is he's seeing the world in a different way. And it's beautiful. This is his painting called The Sower. I don't know that it was inspired by this parable, but it fits with it, doesn't it? What else do I have? Ah, here's Jesus preaching on a boat to the crowd. Does that look like the boat the archaeologist found? No. <laughs> that looks like a, I don't know what that looks like. It's a pretty big sized ship for, for a lake like that, but who knows. Uh, could be. This is by an artist named Tissot, T-I-S-S-O-T. He's my favorite Bible painter. We've looked at his stuff before. Uh, I have this dream that someday someone will publish a Bible that's illustrated by Tissot because he's got such good paintings. What else here? Now, this is interesting. It's by an artist I didn't know. I have to look up his name here. Named James Metham. He's an English artist, and you can see it in the painting. He's not a painter. He's an engraver. He's drawn this in pencil and ink, and then gone back to the pencil and ink and colored it in, the way an engraver might, with fine detail. I think the whole painting is like six inches by six inches, because he's, he's working to get things just right. I was inspired by that. There's Jesus sitting in the boat. I think that's it. There we are. The word is plentiful. The word is all around us. It's in the Bible. It's in our worship. It's in our lives with the witness of other people. The word is pretty much everywhere. That's not the problem. The challenge is us. Can we have an open mind? Can we have an open heart? Can we open our hands to help when we hear the word? Grace to you and peace from God who is our Father, our Lord and our Savior, who is Jesus the Christ. Amen. God has created us, all of us, different for a reason. Let us look for what the other person in our path has to offer the world. Let us honor and respect who they are 
a beloved child of God. Amen.